Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Osmo MMA DFS Strategy Shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC Vegas number 41, which goes down on Saturday afternoon inside the UFC Apex, headlined by Paulo Costa, Marvin Vittori. Now a catchweight matchup of 195 pounds. We are going to break down this 14-fight card over the next hour. Of course, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Later on the show, we'll talk about a little Monkey Knife Fight picks. Pete, as always, great to be here on a Thursday talking a little MMA with you. Uh, first off, like as we don't have FanDuel salaries out for this card yet, but uh, you know, looking at the DraftKings lines, uh, obviously, the Marvin Vittori line sticks out to me a little bit. Uh, we'll see what the Mason Jones, David Oama uh, lines be. Jonathan Martinez has a new fight, and it's a much different different fight for him. Uh, any general thoughts before we start getting into this one? Ah, man, it's just crazy to start with Paulo Costa with the most odd interview, I think, in, in recent memory of, of him basically saying, yeah, you know, I'm basically 30 pounds away from where I need to be. And uh yeah, I don't know what I'm going to weigh come fight night. I don't know what weight the fight's at. And I think it's some, uh, you know, like, a, a, you know, I, I think a lot is lost in translation. And I'm sure that there's more to the story. I don't think that he has the best English uh, props to him for trying to speak English. Um, but I, I, I feel like a manager should have stepped in and put out a statement so that everything's kind of on the table and clear. Uh, Hold on, bro, bro. Do you know who's manager is? Uh, that, I mean, that is true. That is true. But I'm just... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I mean, I'm sure you, you can see he's struggling to, to find words sometimes. Um, but with all that being said, it's absolutely ridiculous. And there's no excuse to coming into fight week that heavy. Uh, it's, it was definitely an ace up his sleeve trying to come in heavy and have every advantage in the book in hopes that Marvin Vittori would just, you know, kind of, you know, overlook this issue and, and accept the fight. But that is definitely the elephant in the room. And uh, we will definitely address it coming forward. Yeah, I mentioned you know, a question we had uh, from one of our subscribers earlier saying, uh, you know, asking to add our speculation on Costa's weight. Uh, if Wally is pulling tricks or, or are you alarmed? Also, uh, want to talk about a few matches we'll talk about later on in the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, when you're talking, you're 48 hours before the weigh ins yeah. and you're 26 pounds away from making weight. That is a warning sign. And, and clearly, this is something that whether he got to Vegas on Monday or Tuesday, the UFC was well aware of where he was at because they're doing a weight check once he gets in there. So, I mean, look, the first thing you look at is, is there an injury of why he's so heavy? Mm. You know, the fact is he knew he signed a contract to make 186 pounds. Is this just, did it get to a point last week where the team around him said, there's no way you're getting 85 at that point, there should be conversations with the Vittori camp of where to go there. I mean, look, 
kudos to Marvin Vittori saying, no, nah, man, I'll fight you anyway. We'll see if Paul Costa makes 195 pounds tomorrow. But I told you this earlier in text message. I When I look at the price point for Marvin Vittori, I might be 100% Marvin Vittori on oh, Saturday, wow. 8,600. Oh, God, Jason. I'm telling now, you. Now, look, look. I will sweat out the first five minutes. If you tell me this hits minute six, it is Marvin Vittori's fight to lose all day long. Yeah, I mean, I have confidence in Marvin Vittori. I am siding with him in the matchup, but I feel like there could have been better negotiations uh, in regards to this. I, I think that Marvin Vittori's ego kind of just stepped in front of everything and said, yeah, I'll, I'll fight him at whatever. What, what weight do you want to fight at? And I think that's not smart business at some point because, you know, uh, Paulo Costa is extremely dangerous for two rounds. I'll give him two rounds. Um, after that, he really tapers off, and we haven't seen him in championship rounds. Um, you know, I think that a guy like Marvin Vittori can test him in, you know, multiple as, uh, aspects of the game where, you know, striking, pressure, wrestling, all these different scrambles. But I, you are allowing Paulo Costa to not cut as much weight. Um, he's going to be able to hit ton, you know, extremely hard. It's just you need to get some compensation out of it. And I think that Marvin Vittori needs to, you know, definitely get a percentage of the purse, which I don't know if that's happening. I would love to hear that. But in addition to that, you just have to have, you know, this is a very smart fight. Well, not a smart fight. It's a very important fight for the division going forward. And, uh, yeah. you know, Marvin Vittori, I think, could go out there and put, you know, make a statement. But I think he's going to have to be very careful for 10 minutes. Look, I mean, breaking down this fight, Pete, is super simple. I think if you're Marvin Vittori, it's about pushing a pace and working mm. in the wrestling. You know, when you look at the statistics, Marvin Vittori lands 2.24 takedowns per, uh, you know, 15 minutes of fighting. 80% takedown defense rate for, for Paul Costa. Your Paul Costa, look, this is he's a volume puncher, lands seven strikes uh per per minute inside the octagon. You know, so to me, and you mentioned if if Paul Costa is gonna win this fight, it's in the opening two rounds. But I really I, even before the weight, I really like Vittoria in this spot just because I thought his pace, his grappling would be a big edge to him in this matchup. Um, you know, obviously, I think if you're the UFC, there's probably a lot of concerns on what is Paul Costa going to look like on the scale tomorrow. And if he looks bad, could we potentially see a doctor situation? And then, oh, my God, are we talking about a UFC card in 2021 headlined by Grant Dawson and Ricky Glenn? Oh, my goodness. Crazy, right? Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Paul Costa is trying to have everything in his favor, uh, not cut as much weight, which could potentially boost up his cardio. Um, I definitely think that that could happen. I just don't view him as a five round fighter. And I don't think anybody can view him as that because we haven't seen it. And until we see him in the championship rounds, we really don't know how he's going to look. I mean, in round three, he, he tapers off, but that's a high pace fight against you all Romero. Um, you know, I, I don't think that he had a great performance against Adesanya. I do think that he has significant power. And if he lands against Marvin Vittori, who keeps his chin up in the air at some points, despite having good striking and part of Kings MMA, I definitely think he can hit Marvin Vittori and knock him out within 10 minutes. I mean, I will have exposure and I'm not going to be so blinded in the Marvin Vittori direction. It's more like a, a 70 30 for me, uh, just because of the GPP factors surrounding Paulo Costa. I mean, uh, I, I still like Marvin Vittori as the overall better mixed martial artist, but if Vittori can't take him down, he could be a sitting duck for some big, big power shots in the early going. 
in cash games. I really love Marvin Vittori. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this spot, of course, if you do have any questions about these fights, be sure to leave those in the chat. Of course, uh, if you're not subscribed also right here on YouTube, be sure to do that. Got a ton of great shows for you each and every day. The NBA is back. So following us, we got Deeper Dive live before lock. And then later on tonight, we got the NFL Showdown live before lock. And also be sure to check out today's pre-framing data and tools over at awesomeo.com, which is PGA Golfer Rankings, and our NBA Open Tip Giveaway pinned at awesomeo underscore com on Twitter for a chance to win a free year of Awesome Plus NBA. I, I, had a, I had a decent night last night, NBA. You know, this, this is, you know, NBA's, you know, uh, NBA is probably probably one of my favorite DFS sports to play with there, but yeah. it is it's a challenging because literally you have to be around the computer all night long because late swap. And uh, I will tell you, if you're new to NBA DFS, go check out the video Josh and Adam did earlier this oh, week man. about uh, you know basically a guide to NBA DFS was absolutely tremendous. Yeah, they they do fantastic work for NBA DFS. We have some of the best people in the business all together working together. And uh, I love just, you know, going to our channel and seeing which videos I missed. But uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell so you don't miss anything that comes out. But I I will say that opening night was extremely successful for me. Last night was pretty damn good as well. So, uh, you know, opening tip off was great. I love basketball, especially NBA DFS. Co-main event of this fight car, we got Grant Dawson taking on Ricky Glenn. Grant Dawson, 9,300, uh, Dawson, 9,300, Ricky Glenn, 6,900. By the way, as we're doing this show, FanDuel's not released salaries, so I'll keep I'll mm-hmm. keep hitting that refresh to see if we get some salaries there over on FanDuel. But, Pete, to me, this is like if I am in the Grant Dawson corner, to me, this is about let's not make this a kickboxing matchup. Let's make this a wrestling match. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't think that Grant Dawson in any fight is going to want to be, you know, on the outside and just strike. I don't think he's going to be content doing that. And I have a really hard time fading anybody from James Krause. And I also have a very hard time fading anybody from Sanford MMA. Uh, in 2021, they are some of the best camps in, in you know, in MMA entirely. And uh, I just love what James Krause is doing. Uh, obviously, he had a little hiccup last week. But I think that Grant Dawson is in a great spot against Ricky Glenn, who relatively you know had a a very short performance his last time out and you know before that there were questions surrounding his takedown defense and i think that's where we're going to see grant dawson really explode in gpps today he has tremendous potential uh, at 9300 i can see him getting consecutive takedowns tons of you know control time en route to a finish via ground and pound or submissions uh i I do think that ricky glenn hits hard right but uh i think that they're going to have something dialed up for the style of Ricky Glenn. And I think that Grant Dawson's a tremendous play. Ricky Glenn's a, a low percent play for me this week. Um, he could definitely come through. He came through last week and I mean, last time out had his, you know, tremendous KO, but I just don't really see it happening against a tenacious fighter in Grant Dawson. So I'm siding significantly with Grant Dawson. I, I feel pretty damn confident that he's going to go out there and get it, get it done in a, a dominant fashion. He's one of the best grapplers on the slate. So, you know, you definitely need exposure here. Yeah, as long as he grapples, I mean that—that that to me is, is a big thing with him, especially at that price point of nine three hundred. And uh, guy gives a kudos to James Krause. I don't know how many coaches would come out and say, you know what? Yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, I, I awesome. should not have told my fighter that. I mean, you've been around this game for a long time. That—that that mm-hmm. may be stuff that gets said privately. There's not a lot of coaches will say that publicly. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Um, James Krause is just you know a tremendous piece in MMA coaching right now. And uh, if anybody can go out there and train with them, I, I highly, highly suggest that uh, I, I might have to do it. Uh, I'm telling you, I just love everything that he's doing at Glory MMA and he's one of the best minds out there. 
Yeah, and you got to remember, this is a car that has a trio of Glory MMA fighters on this. So you've got Grant Dawson on this car. You also have David Onama, who's stepping up on, on short notes. Talk about him here in a little bit. Also, Jeff Molina on this car as well. Of course, the last time we saw Jeff Molina put a, an unbelievable DraftKings score out there. Next up, we got a female matchup of, of Rose Clark taking on Edwards here. Rose Clark, 8,500, 7,700 for Edwards. One of the most interesting things I, I saw with uh, Jessica Rose Clark over, I would say, about the past two weeks, uh, spend some time out in California and uh, working with Daniel Cormier and, and his wrestling academy. Yeah, I saw that as well. Uh, Jessica Rose Clark, I view her as the A side of this fight, but I think that this could be a very, very competitive in moments. Um, I think that Jocelyn Edwards is extremely aggressive and her aggressive striking can, you know, put her back into contention in the fights and in the rounds where, you know, it's a very, very close round. She could have lost, you know, let's say three and a half minutes of it, but in the final minute and a half, she starts to, you know, you know, put it on her opponent. And that late aggressiveness is what can sometimes move the needle for the judges. And uh, I think a fighter in Jessica Rose Clark is checking more boxes than, than Edwards is at this point. I think that, you know, she has some wrestling in her back pocket by working with Daniel Cormier. In addition to that, I like the camp that she's at CSA over in Cali. Uh, it was one of the best striking camps out there, oh. but they also do a lot of crossover work with team alpha male. Um, and now when I see that she's over there um, working with Daniel Cormier, I like that as well. And uh, when she's sparring Gaston Bolanos and all these, Adam Piccolotti, all these fantastic fighters out there, I, I just like it. So I'm siding with Jessica Rose Clark at 8,500. It's a fight that I feel is going to go the distance. There could be tons of points. Um, but if Jessica Rose Clark starts to implement takedowns, I think that's the safest approach here because Edwards is a very, very aggressive striker. Uh, Clark is fantastic in the clinch, especially. And that's where, you know, all the work at CSA were, will start to show. Uh, you saw in her last performance, she looked amazing. She looked like a, a championship Muay Thai fighter. So I'm siding with Clark here, but I'm telling you, Edwards is, is one of the underdogs on the slate that can actually win a decision. So I'm, I'm guessing this is going to go the distance. So I'll have exposure to Edwards, but I'm siding with Clark. Yeah, I mean, I think when we're, you're, you look up and down this car, you're going to have to take some chances with some underdogs that you may mm -hmm. not feel the most confident with. So um, that's going to be part of your evaluation when it comes to this line. Next up, we got Alex Caceres taking on Sung Yu Choi. Choi, 9,200, 7,000 for Bruce, Bruce Leroy, who, of course, has been around uh, the UFC for some time. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm starting to really like Sung Yu Choi. Uh, he's starting to answer answer some questions and check some boxes for me. Uh, he's going to have a slight reach and height advantage in this matchup. Um, I think that Alex Caceres has notable experience, uh, 30 fights, been in the UFC forever. I think that for most fighters, he's a tricky, he's a tricky one because, uh, they, they place him up against, we'll say relatively green competition for the UFC. And he starts to, you know, shine in moments where he can take advantage of low output or, you know, kind of counter striking on the outside with some sneaky jujitsu. He's a he's well rounded, but I still view him um, not at the same caliber that I view uh, Sung Woo Choi. I, I like what I'm seeing from Sung Woo Choi. I like the power. I like the improvements. I'm siding with Sung Woo Choi uh, significantly in this matchup. I think that this is a perfect perfect matchup for him to start to build on some momentum in the division. Uh, I think that he's rounding out and starting to you know reach his prime. Uh, it's going to be his fourth consecutive win in this bout if he could pull it off. And when I see him get victories over Yusuf Zalal and uh, Julian Arosa, you know, the way that he finished Arosa was fantastic. And we see that Arosa, if you can't put his lights out, he's extremely competitive and can, you know, he's one of the most well-rounded guys in the division with, uh, you know, 
he's chinny at certain times, but if he's able to absorb some shots, he's, he's a dog that's going to fight for your money. And, uh, you know, that's why I like Sung Woo Choi. I like, I like the competition he's beaten at 9,200. He definitely has some, some upside. It's just of how tough Alex Caceres is to get out of there. Um, I don't really see him submitting Alex Caceres. So I'll probably say uh, Sung Woo Choi will win a decision here, but I still like him and uh, we'll have plenty of exposure. Now, a storyline from last week was there's still some fighting these old dogs with Andre yeah. Arlovsky and Jim Miller. You know, I mean, look, you know, I'm 40. I didn't realize Dr. Dwight Grant's 37. Trinaldo, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily believe he's only 43. Yeah, right. I know. He looks older. He looks older than that, bro. Yeah, he does. Of course, Tom, of course, Tom Brady looks like he's 30 years old. So that is true. Yeah, we we have like two opposite ends of the spectrum right there between Tom Brady and Trinaldo. Um, I, I'll say that uh, Trinaldo, his skills haven't seemed to have gone anywhere. And if anything, it looks like he's here to stay. He's a staple for the division. I don't even want to look at that age because I just feel like he's he's stable and he looks very, very good in the division. He hits hard. He has good striking, um, some sneaky grappling as well. I think he's a tricky fighter for a lot of people to come in there. And I don't know how many times I picked somebody to go in there and take them out. And it just <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen. So I'm kind of tired of doing it. I wasn't too impressed with Dwight Grant and his previous performance. I, you know, he had moments in that uh, Daniel Rodriguez fight where he rocked him and hurt him. And then we saw when Rodriguez was able to overcome that and put the pressure on him, he ended up getting finished. So, uh, you know, Dwight Grant could easily get knocked out in this matchup. Yes, I know he hits hard, but I'm going to side with Trinaldo despite the, the elder, um, you know, he, he's older, but I like the experience there. I like the 34 fights uh, in comparison to the 14 of Dwight Grant. So, yeah, give me Trinaldo. Not sure if I like it so much for DFS. Again, I can see this going the distance, but uh, Trinaldo hits damn hard, and uh, he did knock out Jai Herbert. So I'll have exposure to him, but I'll temper expectations. 8,400, there's probably better plays on the slate. Might be more of a cash play for me than a yeah. GPP play. I'd agree. Um, you know, I mean, but yeah, I'm like you. How many times have we just bet against Ronaldo and he just goes out there and he proves us all wrong? Mm -hmm. Now, there are two fights on this card that I'm just like, who do you trust more? Okay. Who do you trust more, Nikolai or Villanueva? Uh, I totally trust. Uh... I totally trust uh, Nego Mariano, 100%. Uh, I trust him a lot more than I, I trust Ike Villanueva. Um, How yeah, could you I, trust Ike? No, I, 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 don't, I can't trust Ike. I really can't. Um, it, it's because I think that he's so one-dimensional. He's a striker. Um, his volume is, is okay. Uh, he doesn't really wear damage well. He doesn't seem to have a, a well-rounded skill set. I don't know, man. I, I actually really like Nego Mariano a lot in this matchup. I think that the uh, the aspects I saw in the fight against uh, Alexa Kamer, the takedowns, the aggressiveness, the rounded out in his game, I like him here at 9,100. I think he's sneaky. I think that he could easily get rid of Villanueva uh, via strikes, via grappling. So 9,100, I think he's a pretty strong option, if we're being honest. Uh, I like him. Uh, I mean, it's, more, it's a combination of fading Villanueva and also – you know, kind of building on the momentum I saw from Nigo Mariano in his previous performance. I I wonder how much of lay kicks will be a part of his game plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he should. Right. I mean, I can't, he, he does not absorb damage well at all. He's uh, you kick him in the leg, you, you kick him in the body. You saw that against the, uh, you know, Pracneo. It's just, uh, 
it's a fighter that I'm okay getting away from. Um, he's tough. He's fought a lot of people, but he sometimes breaks under pressure. And uh, I think that's going to happen here against Nego Mariano, who has some sneaky, sneaky grappling upside. And if Ike is going to pull it off, it would be a first round stoppage. That's just mm-hmm. all you got to do is look up and down his, his record. That's what it is. You know, when he gets the wins, his first round, when he gets the second round, that's when things uh, kind of stumble across. So, you know, it could be a potential live betting option if this thing does hit the second round. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, look, you know, Nikolai to me, I, I would mu- I'd much rather get to him in this one, but this is also one of those matchups. I mean, look, when we're talking about this division, this is the low end of the UFC light heavyweight division. Oh, 100%. And if you want to just view it, you know, kind of black and white, this is low level mixed martial arts in a higher weight class. And sometimes there's, it's very volatile and it takes one shot to really change anything. So Ike Villanueva has power. Let's give him some, some props there, but uh, I just, I'm sided with Nego Mariano. He's one of my favorite plays on the slate, and he'll be a part of my parlays. Uh, then we got uh, Park and Rodriguez, 8,200 for Park, 8,000 for Rodriguez. Uh, you know, Junior Park, we, we we saw him go the uh, – we've seen him go the takedown route. Of course, one of those mm-hmm. fights against John Phillips. So, well, Pete would shoot a takedown against John Phillips. I mean, I, I would be more than content to stand with him, but I, I would tell you that would be the, the easiest path is just to <laughs> yes, shoot yes. a takedown and put John Phillips on his back. Oh, look, I, I don't know how many how many people uh, John Phillips would stop a takedown against. It's just not as like, – you know, if you're promoting John Phillips' fight, you just want you want to have a, a, a verbal agreement with that. Hey, we're just going to stand and bang it out here. Uh, but Rodriguez is dangerous on the ground with his jiu-jitsu, though. So if he does mm-hmm. take it there – it's got to be something he's got to be concerned about. That's why I think this fight's going to play on the feet. Yeah, and I actually really like Rodriguez. Um, it's not a fight that I'm prioritizing because I can see how this is going to be an evenly matched contest where they kind of go back and forth. And uh, Park has skills, usually is the superior wrestler. He has to be very careful, as you mentioned, You know, if he takes down Rodriguez because Rodriguez's jiu-jitsu is fantastic. On the feet, Park, I think, is hittable, does put together some good offensive combinations. Rodriguez, same thing goes for him. He has been knocked out several times, uh, but he's at Sanford MMA. And I like that room. I like the room of Sanford MMA. I love the the wrestling caliber that's in there. I love the striking coaches and the striking techniques that you're getting from partner to partner. I'm siding with Rodriguez here. I know it's a tough fight. I think that he can kind of, uh, you know, get two in a row. Uh, I think it's going to be tough sliding at times, but I'm going to favor him. I think that he has some sneaky potential at 8,000. So I'll target him. Again, not a fight that I'm prioritizing, but I'm leaning in his direction. Before we get into some monkey knife fight picks, do got to let you know about a promo we got gone, going on right now over Osmo.com as we are celebrating the start of the NBA season. And we have a tip-off deal, which grants all new Osmo Plus members 50% off their first week of Osmo Plus Platinum. All you got to do is use the promo code CURRY, C-U-R-R-Y, at checkout. That's promo code CURRY to activate this offer, whose full access to all the premium content and tools we have over awesomeo.com, including player projections, ownership projections, our NBA boom bust tool, lineup builders, and so much more. Offer is valid through Monday, October 25th. So hurry up and lock in this deal to start your Awesome Plus membership for only $15. Great deal we got going on over there to start the NBA season. Once again, that is promo code CURRY like Steph Curry. So, uh, Pete, let's get into some monkey knife fight picks. I know uh, there's always people kind of paying attention to see what we might throw out here in terms of monkey knife fight picks. And, uh, of course, I want to start with the main event. 
and it is a double less play for me. Marvin Vittori, 126 and a half. Paul Costa, 75 and a half. I don't think this thing is hit in the fourth round. I think this fight's over by the third round. Either Paul Costa knocks out Vittori in, in the first five minutes or Marvin Vittori TKOs him on the ground. By the way, should mention, Marvin Vittori, never been knocked down, never been defeated by TKO in his career. I got to say, that's like a Sam over under right there. I, I have to completely disagree with you on that one. I think that we're going to hit double more on those because if you even look at the volume that um, that Costa had in the Romero fight, he reaches that number. And I think Marvin Vittori is going to reach that number as well. I think it's going to play out on the feet. And then Marvin Vittori is probably going to struggle to get takedowns until he starts to really fatigue Costa. So I'm saying double more. You got to stop listening and hanging out with Sam. I, I think that he's starting to really rub off on you. Hold on here. Hold on here. So the Paul, so Paul Costa against Yolanda Romero land 118, uh-huh. 75 against Uriah Hall. So he's even beat the, he does get past that number for more there. He's going to Johnny he, Hendricks, 49. He's going to get more than 75 and a half. You have way too much faith in his gas tank. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I mean, I think that, you know, he has good takedown defense. He's not going to be cutting so much weight. I think he will gas. 100%, but I think he's going to swing, you know, while he's trying look, to avoid look, gassing. It's going it's going to be a double more. Look, he may not have had a first-class ticket to Las Vegas this week. He might have been <laughs> on that Southwest flight. Telling you Marvin is going to put him on a first-class ticket to take down City. <laughs> I like it, but he had it's he can still take him to take down City and they can still reach those numbers. I think that we're both, you know, right in that aspect, but you know, that's way too low for Paulo Costa. All right, co-main event, Grant Dawson, 84 and a half. Ricky Glenn, 56 and a half. So it's, that one's weird. It's going to be a grappling heavy fight. It's just does That's he... the thing. That's the thing where the question becomes is if you think this thing goes 15 minutes, I probably like the more on Dawson just because of ground strikes of mm-hmm. what he can land on the ground. Um, the 56 and a half for Ricky Glenn. If you, if you think this thing's going 15 minutes, I think you do you do a double more on this one. It's tough. I definitely think that Ricky Glenn's going to, I might say double less because I think that Grant Dawson is going to be so, so uh, grappling oriented that he's going to be looking for more submissions than fatiguing himself with ground and pound in this matchup, uh, given the toughness of, of uh, Ricky Glenn. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to say uh, double less. Of course, uh, be sure to head over to monkeyknifefight.com to sign up. And when you do sign up, you use that promo code AWESOMO. They have an instant match deposit up to $100. All you got to do is use that promo code AWESOMO. So head over to monkeyknifefight.com to get started. Be sure to use our player props tool to help you in terms of uh, what the props you're playing, maybe some little NBA props that you want to play over there tonight. Let's move on to the next fight. We got a matchup that came together just this week. Mason Jones now taking on David Onama. David Onama is a fighter out of uh, Glory MMA Fitness, James Krause's gym. He has been the fight. He just won the fighting lines championship featherweight title not too long ago. I mean, look, this guy had, was already on the path to being the UFC. This is a tough fight for him. Um, I will say this. We, we don't know what the DraftKings lines are, are going to be. My guess is going to be Mason Jones is probably going to be probably 9,400. I don't mind a dart throw on David Onama in this spot. I really like this uh, fight. 
I think it's a significant jump up in competition for David Onama. If you go back and you watch some of his regional tape, I think that he is a well-rounded fighter. He looks good, but there is one fight, at least one fight where I've seen him on his back. And, uh, you know, when I see that on the regional scene, I'm like, okay, well, you can build on that and probably get better. But that doesn't really inspire confidence when I see you going up against one of the best prospects in the game, in my opinion, in Mason Jones. I think that Mason Jones is just, uh, I think he puts it all together well. Uh, I like him at uh, Team Alpha Male, getting good training there. I think his, his wrestling's always going to be sharp. I know that they wanted to get David Onama in the door, and they did that. But uh, I think that it's going to be um, Mason Jones coasting at times. Have to be very, very careful with the dangerous David Onama early on. Uh, but I, I'll have to see what the salary is. Uh, it's definitely a GPP fight, given the, the skill set of Onama in the camp that he's coming from. But I think that Krause's gym is going to go two and one this week. And I think that Onama is going to pick up his first loss to Mason Jones. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, look, I, there's a reason Mace Jones will be the heavy favorite in this one. Mm -hmm. To me, and it is just about if I'm looking to play a dart throw, I mean, th this is also one of the situations where I go, why? Yeah. Why is David Onama's management putting him in this spot just to get him into the UFC? I think there, there, there's better spots. I mean, there's way better spots, right? Like there's way better spots and he could come in there and shock the world and end up pulling off the upset, knocking out Mason Jones. But when I look at everything I've seen from Mason Jones throughout his career and even in his debut and, and every, I just, I, man, I gotta say, I, I, I like Mason Jones quite a bit. Um, he looked damn good in that previous fight against Alan Patrick until the accidental eye poke. So uh, I think it's a smash spot for Mason Jones. Next up, we got a female matchup at 115 pounds. Ricci taking on Oliveira. Ricci 8,900. Oliveira 7,300. Of course, uh, uh, Ricci now back at 115 pounds after coming on short notice, losing to, to Fiorot earlier this year. Uh, look, top three, she's got to get this one to the ground. If this thing's on the feet, Pete, I might take a dart on the underdog, but Ricci's grappling. It, it, her jiu-jitsu is, is next level. It's a weird fight. And it's a really weird fight because of the stature of Ricci and how when she debuted, she she debuted against Manon Firo. So you can't really take any of that, you know, kind of like, oh, wow, she looked good or she looked horrible because she looked she looked yeah. terrible. But it's against Manon Firo. And uh, I don't think that really, you know, gives her credit for her skill set. I think that in some of her fights on the regional scene, she'll shoot an immediate takedown, get on top. And when I've seen her on top, she looks good. Her jujitsu sound. Uh, I know that she has some sneaky throws as well. Her striking is probably not the best, 
Um, and then I can look at Oliveira's regional tape and I can say, wow, well, on the feet, she's probably the better fighter of the two and she can stuff the initial takedown. But when she's planning on her back and she's on her back, she's getting, you know, she's, she's in really bad positions where I can see Ricci taking advantage and submitting her. Um, I can see her, you know, just getting control time and tons of, you know, we could say like rounds in the bank. This is a tricky one though, because is Ricci able to close that distance and actually put Oliveira on her back? Because Oliveira, if you look at the tape, she defends the initial takedown. Well, it's the chaining of the takedowns. That's Mm -hmm. kind of where she struggles and it's where a lot of you know wrestlers and fighters in general struggles defending the second third options can Ricci really kind of put all that together it's tough to say i think the what the line is extremely wide 8900 to 7300 i think that's extremely wide uh i view this as a gpp fight i really do i think somebody's getting a big score and somebody's getting a low score um i'm okay with going to the underdog in some of my lineups i don't have all this confidence for Ricci at 8,900 that she's just going to, you know, take her down and completely impose her will. She could, and I'm going to have exposure, but it's somewhat of a 50, 50 fight for me. Do you lean one way or another? I, I mean, if I'm going to lean one way, it'd be Ricci because of, okay. of her jujitsu ability. But the mm-hmm. thing is, and, and, and there's, there's several fights in this car. We can point this to is it's the lower end of the respective divisions inside the UFC with these matchups. And so I, I would say this, I was talking about this on my podcast on, on yesterday. Last week was a light bulb moment for me. And, and it shouldn't have been a light bulb moment. As I'm watching the UFC, then I turn over to Bellator. And it's just like, yeah, UFC doesn't have to sell one ticket. While mm-hmm. Bellator is trying to sell tickets. So Bellator is going to put their best foot forward, put the best fights on the card. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These fight night cards are the apex. It, it's just we're just going to throw fires out there. We don't have to worry about whether or not they can sell a ticket or not. It's true. You know, it's just, and, and I think until the UFC gets back to the road show, these are the type of fight night cards. We're all, we're going to see for a long time. We've been seeing them for a while now. Right. I mean, like we've seen some of the ugliest cards it, in the past, it, past it two years, like, year and a half. Then we have, but in it the feels past like decade. it's getting worse, Pete. I mean, it's also like they're signing so many people because of the contender series. And then you're also just having tons of issues because of COVID and fighters dropping out that the, the level in the UFC now is this, there's well, plenty of skill, but I just feel like getting into the UFC now isn't what it used to be. Oh no. And, and the fact of the memo that got sent out to the, the foreign fighter this week of, mm-hmm. Hey, if you're a foreign fighter, try, you know, trying to fight in the United States, if you're not fully vaccinated by November 8th, you're not fighting the United States. And it's tough, right? Because you have these fighters. We, we fight a couple times a year if we're lucky. Uh, probably a lot of fighters are fighting once a year. Um, and you have all this inactivity, paying for your training, paying for all these different expenses. And now you're kind of throwing a monkey wrench. And uh, I, I mean, get, get vaccinated, go out there and start fighting. But still, you have to bank on the UFC wanting to put you back in there. And not everybody gets the Kevin Holland treatment. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I do wonder when we get into the early part of 2022, are we going to find ourselves where it's a Saturday afternoon, we got a car in Abu Dhabi at one o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and then at seven o'clock at night, we got another fight night car in Vegas. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 
Interesting world we live in. Uh, next time we got a matchup that I know we were down a couple weeks ago of Jamie Pickett and Lorian Staropoli. Staropoli, 9,000. Pickett, 7,200. And, and Pete, the biggest thing that sticks out to you when you look at the teletape, you look at that reach, nine-inch reach advantage for Jamie Pickett. Yeah, I view this fight as a, a GPP fight for sure. I think that Jamie Pickett makes tons of mistakes defensively, and I don't think that he likes getting hit at times. And I'm, I'm going to side with Staropoli. At 9,000, I think that he puts it together. I think despite, you know, being at this weight class, I think we can see him get a finish. Uh, he's He hasn't been finished, and he's been the distance in all of his UFC fights. So I am siding with Star Pauly significantly in this matchup. He's going to be a parlay piece for me. I like the hand speed. I like the fact that he's a training partner of Charles Oliveira. I just love everything about him in this matchup, and I don't really know if uh, Jamie Pickett is UFC caliber. Uh, he got knocked out against uh, Jordan Wright, lost the decision to, uh, to Fon and Chukwi. Nothing to really, you know, hang your head at for that. Um, I just view Staropoli as a guy that hasn't really had that breakout performance, and I think that we're going to see one on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's Jane Pickett is one of the guys. I, I think it's you kind of look at it like like you look at Ike Villanueva, you know, someone that if you want to make a dart because you think they they can win by stoppage, great, but definitely uh, people that maybe you don't want to put a ton of trust in. Let me uh, mention a couple of pair questions over from the YouTube chat here. Um, Anthony saying thoughts on stacking costs of Vittori. If this was a ten fight card, I could yeah. see that thought process, but fourteen fights, I I'm just don't no. see that being that. Um, next up, uh, says, uh, Spencer asking who you guys think is the best MVP is on FanDuel and best cheap play. Well, we don't have salaries, so it's kind of mm-hmm. hard, uh, you know, in terms of cheap plays. But I think when you look at, to me, in terms of MVPs on FanDuel, and, and I'm sure he's going to be priced very high. Uh, I'm looking at Martin Vittori is, is going to be uh, someone that I'm going to look at because of it. Um, I understand why maybe you'll go to Costa if you think Costa can stop the takedowns there. Mm-hmm. Um, Sung Yu Choi may be another guy that I'm looking at as an MVP over FanDuel. Yeah, I like Sung Yu Choi a lot. Um, and uh, I think that those... I think that uh, Marvin Vittori is probably the safest one over on that platform. It's just going to be able to piece it all together in a five round fight. Hopefully he's not, you know, too expensive, but uh, you know, I like those two options. Just saying Jai Herbert, maybe another one you want to look at. We'll talk about him in a moment. Mm-hmm. Someone asked if Tim Johnson is going to beat Fedor. Tim Johnson beats Fedor on Saturday. He better knock him out. You're in Russia. You can't count getting a decision against Fedor in Russia. I'm just yeah, saying, just saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'm going to side with Fedor. He does not look like Fedor of old, but I, I'm going to still side with Fedor. Yeah, it's uh, that'll be on uh, Saturday afternoon. Kind of, I haven't really taken a deep dive into the betting odds on that one, but if it's a Russia Russian fighter versus a non-Russian not even fighter, do it. <laughs> don't even just take the Russian fighter. And move no, on. I'm not even doing it, Jason. <laughs> the reason I'm not doing it is just because I already know how it's going to go. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, I'll I'll bet on ufc i'll bet on every other sport i'm not betting on bellator this week yeah it's uh if that fight was in the u.s i'd, I'd pick tim johnson to win but uh but yeah it's uh, that's that's not one you know you, you mentioned about you know fights we really got target for gpps and mm-hmm. common worthy john herbert to me is that type of fight this week yep. 8800 for herbert 7400 for common worthy i mean look this is the thing about common worthy um he's gonna go for it um, mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, everyone's going to have uh, questions about his chin in this one. Um, I think if Kama Worthy gets this job done here and pulls off the upset, it, he went the grappling route. It's interesting, right? Like, I mean, he he likes to bang and he likes to throw killer combinations with, uh, 
you know, vicious intent, but he's on the receiving end of it a lot. And he does not handle that. Well, he's been knocked out more times than, uh, a lot of fighters, to be honest, he's been knocked out quite a bit. And, um, you know, he's taken so much damage that when he got into the UFC, I, I really didn't see him even getting into the UFC because of, of how he loses his fights. Um, and also how volatile he is in each matchup where, you know, it's not like losing a decision or he's getting viciously knocked out. And, you know, I don't know, you start to worry about what could happen. And I, I think that a guy who hasn't shown off his potential is Jai Herbert. Um, he's fought two legitimate, you know, opponents, very, very difficult opponents. If you really want to break it down, uh, Trinaldo and then Moicano uh, facing off against both of these guys in your first two UFC fights is extremely high caliber. Um, and now going up there against a guy who's been knocked out, you know, several times. I think that this is not a layup because he's going to have to be very, very careful and be mindful of the combinations and exiting and all of that stuff. But Jai Herbert is one of my favorite plays on the entire slate. He's a parlay piece for me. I understand it's, it's very dangerous targeting the under is probably the, the safest way to go about this matchup. Um, common worthy will be a part of plenty of people's underdog pool because of what he can do when he wins. Yeah. It's a small percent of chance when he does, but he has a, a high boom score when he comes through. And I will say that Jai Herbert is, is going to be the fighter to go out there and get it done on Saturday. I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't, if he goes 0-3 in the UFC, I think they, they release him because they're trying to give him a winnable fight here. So Jai Herbert, 8,800 is going to be significant piece of my lineups. I like him quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think when you talk about the ultimate boom-bust um, players on this slate, it's Kamalworthy, it's Ike Villanueva. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's two two fighters I'm really not trying to get to. Yeah, I mean, and you know, they're they're guys that if they go out there and win, yeah, that they're probably getting you 90-plus mm-hmm. points, but if they go out and lose 15 single or digits. less. Yeah. Single, single, single digits. You know what you're getting into. Um, it's okay to take flyers on, on fighters like that, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to do it. I, I think that um, I think Jai Herbert wins and uh, I think that Nigel Mariano is going to win as well. Next up, we got a matchup at 125 pounds. Jeff Molina taking on Daniel Lacerado, 8,700 for Molina, 7,500 here for Daniel. Of course, uh, Jeff Molina was was a DFS stud in his last fight. He was mm-hmm. part of that optimal lineup there. Of course, uh, you know, obviously going with uh, what he was able to do, 8.83 strikes landed per minute uh, in his UFC two fights he's had. Yeah, crazy, right? Uh this fight's going to be a tricky one, um, and it's going to be a tricky one because uh, De Silva is dangerous uh, for as long as he's in the fight, and Jeff Molina is kind of a, a guy that that grinds away and starts to put combinations together and beat you as you start to get tired and he starts to pull away with the fight. Um, I'm intrigued with the underdog here. I really am. There aren't too many underdogs on the slate that I have circled, and De Silva is one of them because of his kicking dexterity and how funky he is. His style is weird. And whenever you are weird, you present a different wrinkle to your opponent that can actually throw them off and you can catch them off guard, especially when you're talking about kicks. Uh, kicks coming from odd angles from De Silva. Um, he's extremely aggressive. He seems mean. And sometimes that ultra aggressiveness can throw fighters off. So if Molina does not get the respect early, you could see De Silva go out there and trying to go like a maniac for, let's call it seven and a half, eight minutes. Um, and that could actually work in his favor, but, but Molina's going to have to early the weather storm. If I have to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of predict, and he's a part of a great camp with a great strategy. Um, 
I'm still going to side with Molina, but the Silva is one of my favorite, most intriguing underdogs that I'm going to probably be a little bit more aggressive on the field. Yeah, I mean, you got to kind of look at what, what ownership projections are going to be. Of course, that's one of the great reasons being also mm. a plus member to get those projections and see where the fighters are at. Two more matchups here left to go. We got Souza and Marcos. Livion Souza, 8,300. Ronald Marcus, 7,900. Uh, mentioned a question uh, from one of our subscribers says, uh, I'd like to challenge you guys to present any reason whatsoever to include Souza and Marcos in my player pool for a 20 max. <laughs> I mean, well, if you can look, Brandon Marcos has has not really come through in her past uh, four fights. And then before that, she's alternated wins and losses for a while. But, you know, she uh, she's always there in a fight, but she can get out grappled at times and uh, caught. I think that Brandon Marcos has faced legitimate competition for sure. But she, it's it's very tough. I, I don't understand. I, I like Brandon Marcos a lot. Um, Lavina Souza hasn't really lived up to the hype, uh, from her regional scene into the UFC. She got absolutely demolished against Lamosh, um, lost the decision to Van Buren, but has a win over Yoder, Frota, and Chambers. Mm, I mean, uh, like Rana Marcos has wins like that as well. I, this is a very, very low level fight. And I think that, man, will this fight be a part of the optimal? You're probably not gonna like what I'm gonna say here. You're gonna say yeah. Why do I think Ronda Marcos is a play in this one? I feel like she might be, but let's also think about the grappling pedigree of Souza. If she gets her hands on you, she can take you down. She can control you. She can, um, you know, work towards a submission. Her striking is probably not gonna be on the level of Ronda Marcos. And Marcos is live all the time. Like she's live to win wrestling scrambles and get on top. It's just, can she avoid getting submitted and put something stupid? I'm going to root for random Marcos. I really, really am. And she has significant UFC experience. So if you kind of want to use that as like the, the difference maker and breaking this fight down, like, Oh, okay. Well, the fighter with more UFC experience is random Marcos, despite having a uh, lopsided record, um, yeah, I, I really don't know on this fight, Jason. It's like, I don't really know too many people that have a good read on this fight, right? It's yeah, I mean, kind of like have exposure to both, trust neither. Yeah, you, you look at Souza, she doesn't have a markable win in the UFC. He, her, her wins UFC, Alex Chambers, Sarah Froto, and Ashley Yoder. It's kind of still kind of crazy, even though that that streak that you know uh, Marcos is currently on, and then you know the the alternating wins and losses, she does have a win against Carlos Barça. Yeah. That is freaking wild, <laughs> uh, bro. If you ever want to kind of like wrap your brain around stuff, it's just insane. MMA math just does not work. It's so crazy. No. And then you think about how Rana Marcos, you know, got rid of Angela Hill. Man, the skills are there. The IQ is not. What do we yeah, do? No. <laughs> what do we do? Okay. What do we do? We, we're we're going to have a more exposure to the underdog here in random Marcos, but I hate both options for, for DFS. So you got a roster one of four. Okay. Souza Marcos. <laughs> I already Worthy, know where you're going with this. Villanueva. Who do you roster? Uh, I got a, I guess I'm going to go with Marcos, I guess, bro. Like, <laughs> what, are we, what are we? Not great like, options. Not great. Options. Up scraps right now. 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. But of course, you know, one of the things that Pete and I love to see after the fights are over are those winning lineups. Mm-hmm. And we'd love to get you into the Osmo Hall of Fame. Of course, you got you rock that Osmo avatar on your DFS profile. You get that Osmo.com slash avatar place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants. Tweet your wins to at Osmo HOF on Twitter. And you win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. Only one free month can be awarded to a user per calendar year congratulations there to big daddy 7420 taking out sixty thousand dollars uh chopping out first place Damn. there uh also prize racing taking down first place over there in an nba contest uh highlighted there by uh Giannis and steph curry there on opening night kudos to p hanley 214 we've seen him in multiple times as uh taking down fifty thousand dollars over there in NBA as well. Of course, you also see some showdown contest winners there as well. So uh, congratulations to everyone with those winning lineups. We always love seeing those winning lineups after a fight card is over. Of course, uh, we do have uh, one more fight here to break down here, Pete, and that is the opening fight of the matchup. Jonathan Martinez was a three and a half to one betting favorite, Pete, against Aaron Phillips. He is now a betting underdog. It's weird. It's a weird fight, man, for Bantamweight and how Jonathan Martinez kind of was like so up there in my mind of what he could do in the division. Um, you know, it, the the performances against Frankie Science and then Thomas Almeida, like those were excellent. I thought, you know, despite David Grant's power and toughness, I thought that he was going to be able to get that victory as well. Ended up getting knocked out in that matchup and now uh, paired up against a prospect who is undefeated um, coming over from LFA more of a hold on, hold on hold on we gotta talk about prior to coming to lfa though uh, hold on hold on hold on hold on i was getting there all right <laughs> he, he's, he's a prospect because he's undefeated and he gets finishes um and he's more of a grappler but if if you look at his you know strength of schedule it is brutal i mean <laughs> there are very few times that you start to really top records that i've seen and uh this record of fighting multiple, multiple winless fighters. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Bro. ten. And winless fighters. That's absurd. But then he Bro. did get a victory over a 24 and 10 opponent and a six and 0 opponent. But yeah, I'm siding with Jonathan all... Martinez, man. I'm Bro. siding with Jonathan Martinez. <laughs> Bro, all the way until he got to LFA. Oh, no. 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 All pro. Dude, why are you. 10 and 9 and 0, 10 and 0, 8 and 0, 7 and 0. Why are you taking on pro debuters? Hey, do these guys, these guys, are they even alive? Do we know that these are real people? Um, I feel like he just went okay, to. Okay, so uh, I just started uh, looking at, okay, uh, his fight for LFA, that guy is now 0 and The one before that is 0 and 3. Next guy, he's 5 and 6. Uh, 0 and 1. That's always a good. Uh, another right. 0 and 1. They, they, they know how to build their fighters, but yeah, man. But I mean, look, look he, he's a Georgian fighter. We, what we've mm. seen out of Georgian fighter, high pace. Obviously, when you go over to LFA and you win the LFA title, you, you know you're coming into the UFC. Um, it, it's just because of that strength of schedule prior to getting LFA, I kind of want to see him w- with these bright lights to see what he looks like. Jonathan Martinez has been kind of an up-and-down guy, does, does tend to find himself in close fights. Yeah, I don't care about any of that. I don't care. I don't care. I, I'm not betting on this guy's Viad. Um, I think that he has skills in the grappling department. I still think that Jonathan Martinez does it well as well, but he has to get it there. And I think that Jonathan Martinez uh, beats you know multiple UFC fighters 
I think that if he employs the correct game plan and he stays safe in this matchup, I think he's going to walk away with the victory. We'll have to see on the pricing, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not talking myself out of it. I'm sided with Jonathan Martinez over Zviad Lazishvili. Of course, if you do have any questions, be sure to line those up uh, over there in YouTube. We'll get to those as we got about five minutes here mm-hmm. left of the show. Let's go our uh, straight up fight picks. Uh, let's start here at the main event. Uh, uh, you heard me. I'm going Marvin Vittori. <laughs> okay, I'm going Marvin Vittori as well. Uh, I will go Grant Dawson against Ricky Glenn. Dawson. Uh, and by the way, these are straight up fight picks. Nothing DFS related. Uh, I will take Jessica Rose Clark against Jocelyn Edwards. Rose Clark. Uh, I like uh, Troy against Ciceras. Yep, Troy. I'm not going to bet against Trinaldo. I've I've done that before, and it's never mm-hmm. worked out, so just give me Trinaldo. Yeah, I'm going Trinaldo. Uh, Nikolai, I'm pretty sure you agree with that one. Yep, Nick Mariano. Uh, I, li- I do like Rodriguez against Park. Me too. I'm going Rodriguez. Uh, Jones, Onama, give me Mason Jones. Jones. Uh, I will go Tabitha Ricci. All right, I'm going to be a little, just for the picks, I'm going to say Oliveira. All right, Star Poli, pick it. Star Poli. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, I will go Jai Herbert against Commonworthy. Herbert. I'll go Molina. I'm going to say Lacerda. I, I, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, I, will, I, I guess it's probably going to be uh, my only underdog here, Ronda Marcos. I'll go Marcos. Uh, and then uh, I will take Lavishvili against Martinez. What? No, are you really? No, the Davy Grant loss really concerns. No, me. you're not. No, you're you're really not. Are you really? Yeah, I really am. Get it. Oh my god! All right, I'm going Martinez. I mean, he he could win, right? He's skilled, but uh, I don't see it happening. Sam, I appreciate you in the super chat uh, with his usual questions here. Uh, he did not say, or no, he oh he whoa whoa whoa. Yeah, yeah, Sam. Sam, you're supposed to. Sam, you're supposed to get better with time. You're getting progressively worse. Um, five and Sam, a half. Sam, you realize there's 14 fights, right? 14 fights, five and a half, bro. Go home. Put yourself in the corner. That's terrible. I'll set the number at. I was thinking either eight and a half or nine and a half. I say nine and a half. What are you doing? Nine and a half. I'm trying to look at ones I think are good. The decision here. I'm saying. I'm saying over. Yeah, I think you're probably over. Is probably the right yeah. one. Uh, let's see here. Top two cash for me. Uh, cash. Uh, I would be looking at Marvin Vittori as my um, number one cash play, mm-hmm. and my number two cash play. Hmm. Star Poli. All right, I'm going to go. Uh, I think I like the Marvin Vittori call, but I'll go uh, Grant Dawson and Nago Mariano. In terms of uh, top two GPPs, um, I probably got to go uh, Nikolai and Herbert, even though go, um, the, the winner of the main event probably does break the slate. I would agree with that. I would also. Um, Look at that Richie Oliveira fight. Uh, in terms of uh, top underdogs on this card, um, Junior Park could be an interest. Actually, he's a little a slight favorite in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, that that one's uh, maybe someone like a Jocelyn Edwards. Um, 
Obviously, you got to look at you know Costa if he can pull it, pull it off early on in the fight. Got to see the weigh-ins. That's going to be really critical on the evaluate valuation of Paul Costa. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'll say that um, De Silva, Edwards, and um, Oliveira are kind of the three that I'll have exposure to. Uh, in terms of uh, MVP champions, uh, the ones that really stick out to me: uh, Marvin Vittori, um, Starpoli, Herbert. I hate to say it, but Nikolai. Yeah. All sound good to me. Um, favorite inside the distance fights. Uh, I think Nikolai Ike, comma worthy, Ja Herbert. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh Costa Vittori. Yeah, I would agree with the Costa Vittori, and I would say the uh worthy Herbert fight. Uh, in terms of fade of the night, when it comes to GPP, it's probably Trinaldo Grant for me. Yeah, I'm okay with getting away from that fight. I wish I could get away from the first fight, but I feel like I can't. Uh, in terms of upset of the night, you know it's it's likely going to happen. Um, is it Jocelyn Edwards? Could be. It could be. Um, it's just that she score well enough because I don't think she's going to yeah. finish Clark. I think a fighter like Oliveira is sneaky, but probably the underdog of the week that could absolutely smash a hittable opponent would probably be Daniel De Silva. He's the X factor, has no box score. Nobody knows what the hell he brings to the table. Um, we also have to think we're still waiting on salaries from other fighters too. Like there could be Mason Jones could come in completely, completely underpriced or maybe his under, you know, the underdog is stupid cheap or whatnot. But um, as it stands right now, I do think that De Silva at 7,500 is a sneaky KO guy. And, of course, so that is going to do it for the strategy show. Myself and Pete will be back here on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Of course, coming up next is NBA Deeper Dive. Start getting you ready for tonight's NBA action. As always, appreciate everyone taking time out of their day to watch or listen to us, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us a part of the Awesomeo Podcast Network. So, of course, keep it locked here to Awesomeo.com. So get you ready for tonight's NBA slate. And myself and Pete will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock. Also, thanks to our sponsored Monkey Knife Fight, and we will talk to you on Saturday. Have a good day, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.